you know, some of the Zen books I've studied, you know, when you get away from all the crap and you just get back to the symbols, like, oh, I can breathe again. You know, you go into nature, you can breathe again. No requirements, like I said. Um, but always people who are who are one step ahead of me, you know, like the Tony Robbinses of the world. And um, people go, oh, yeah, there is a way you can live powerfully. And often our negatives and our self-image issues and whatever we're struggling with say, oh, no, you got to be this guy. You got to be mediocre. You got to live small. And it's a dangerous place because that party is still wants to live big. So it's this conflict. And it's like, well, which side do you want to win? Do you want the crappy side that in five years you're still going to be in the same place with the same complaints? Or do you want to say, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable here, put myself out with the best self that I can, and keep following that thread or that strand because there's someone special. And everyone has something special that they want to share, that they need to share, that calls to them. So. To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we're speaking with Douglas Robbins. He is a writer and a podcast host. His podcast, The Den of Discussion. Could you please introduce yourself, Douglas, and let people know just a little more about you, please? Hi, yeah, my name is Douglas Robbins. I'm the writer of, uh, I think, about a half a dozen books at this point. Uh, one is a sci-fi series that I'm working on the second book on, uh, which is really about the battle over the evolution of souls, sort of the negative and the positives that we all sort of struggle with more on a global or universal level, if you will, with all sorts of crazy characters and entities um, fighting for both sides and and their reasons why. Uh, But I often write about redemption and redemptive qualities of the human and um, trying to, you know, sacrifice and coming together maybe as a father. My book, Love in a Dying Town, is about a father raising a single daughter in a dying factory town where sort of the American dream is crumbling. But you still have to be a father. You still have to be a parent and and raise the child and show right from wrong and show what a good man is is about. Um, so I often write about people on the fringe, not so much glamorous people. Uh, celebrity culture does not interest me. Uh, really writing about everyday people overcoming challenges and essentially pushing the needle forward, pushing humanity forward. And that's similar to what I speak about on the podcast, The Den of Discussion, spirituality, creativity, people overcoming challenges and making a difference in their lives and or, and or their um, industries. And then obviously that then changes the world one by one. That is exactly what we think here at the Dead America podcast. 
through discussions, we learn about each other and we highlight those unnecessary challenges that the younger generation will not have to go through if we're able to stand up and speak out. You do that really well. Uh, You're writing a blog, you're doing a podcast, you're writing all these books. What got you started in the love of writing and wanting to speak out in general? Uh, You know, it's funny. I would love to say, oh, I was a child that read religiously and that's all I did. I sat in my room and read. No, I really was a terrible student. I wanted nothing (laughs) to do with school. Uh, I seldom read. There was a couple books I liked as a kid, but for the most part, I was all about being outside, playing, being in nature. But nature is sort of the key for me because that's sort of where everything slows down, where the simple is, where the divine is, if you will. Uh, And there's something as a kid, I really struggled with self-confidence, self-image. I thought I was stupid as a child. Um, Felt very alone in in that way. You know, it was a big school I went to, 35, 40 kids in a classroom, just production line. Um, But in nature, I realized, even at a young age, there's no judgment. There's no requirement. There's no expectation. It is simply being. Uh, And I think those sort of like observations I started having as a child, and uh, I was very um, um, uh, rebellious, and I didn't believe the nationalism and sort of all the things that school was trying to indoctrinate me into, uh, the consumerism, um, you know, the cliques and all those things of images. If you just wear these jeans, you'll be, you'll be someone special. and. Um, none of that ever made sense. It always rung hollow to me. Uh, so sort of those thoughts always were sort of there, even though when I was a child, again, I didn't know how to honor them uh, or express them. And I was rejected a lot uh, as a kid by my parents and in school. So that hence kind of just fueled the rebellious, um, you know, point personality. But ideas always excited me. Um, and then as I got a little older, I started reading a little bit more, say, Zen or philosophy or whatever it might be, things that just resonated with me. And I uh, was in a band, had the long hair, you know, rock and roller, and uh, would write some some songs and write some poetry. And, uh, you know, the story goes that I, there, I was in a high school class um, and the instructor said, you know, for asked us to write a poem. And. I wrote the poem and it was kind of funny, a little, little tongue in cheek. Uh, it was actually about religion. And one line was, um, uh, all you do with religion, religion is the lifelong betrayal. All you do is put a lot of money in the mail. That was kind of silly little line, but that was the line. And my father even, even liked it, gave me approval, which I seldom got from him. Um, and the classroom laughed. And so there was a power in it. I was like, holy crap. There's something to this. There's something to words. And and words are really fascinating because they can fall flat and have no impact, or they can sweep you off your feet with like a a Martin Luther King Jr. speech or something along those lines. Um, So words, you know, yes, deeds also change the world, but it starts often with words and thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's really wise. You know, I was going through your blog and number 26 
I like this. Picking up the garbage. Mm. And you talk about walking by this trash on a trail with your family. Yeah. And we're just ignoring it, you know, walking by and all of a sudden you say, I wish I had a bag to pick this garbage up. Yeah. And there, there turns up a bag. You start picking this garbage up. And then all of a sudden people that see you, they start mimicking this. I like that concept. And I push this a lot. Do what you have to do, no matter what people are thinking or even yourself, how you feel and think. If you do it and you know it's right, people will start mimicking it. Yeah. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was fascinating because we often go down to the beach and, you know, there's, it's, I, I met, in a in a joking manner, I say, "Oh, the ocean is coughing this stuff up because it doesn't want it. Yeah, it's spitting it back out." Um, and yeah, we were walking one day. It was just trash everywhere. And walking with my wife, and she even said, "Oh man, I wish there was a bag." And so maybe a couple of steps later, there's a huge black Glad garbage bag, totally intact. And so we started picking up the garbage. Now, we don't live there, and we had actually never been to this one section of beach. So we started picking it up, myself, my wife, and, and my daughter. And now it was like something larger than us, something exciting, like we were doing something good, because it's very easy just to be desensitized and programmed and walk by whatever. Well, so I didn't put that garbage there. Well, why should I be responsible yes, yes. for it? Well, you're responsible for it because you're a caring, compassionate human. That That's why you're responsible for it. You want to do right in the world. And my goodness, the amount of things that the earth gives us, everything is given to us by the earth. So we started picking up. And then, yeah, people who clearly had lived there, they're walking their dogs there. This is kind of a routine for, for them. A few of them just said, hey, thank you, which is nice in itself, just being acknowledged for that's some right. good that you're doing. Um, but then others just started picking up and bringing it over to us or picking it up and putting in their 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 doggy poop bags or whatever it was. And there was probably five or 10 people by the time we left, we're picking up garbage. Now, is it going to make a huge change? No. But if people started thinking in these ways, oh, it's not about me. I didn't put there. So what? You can make a difference, though. You can help things. The other thing that 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 weighs on me and it's something i might try to to do is you know i'm sure wherever you live you see dead animals on the side of the road mm-hmm. everywhere yes and most people just go back eh, it's you know they don't even think about it they just associate with it. it's part of um collateral damage basically from we're driving and oh well but it becomes so commonplace that we just sort of go yeah, it's sad, but I got to get to the store. Um, and here's the thing that like, you know, we are the cause of this. We're the cause of all this stuff, all the garbage, all these poor dead animals. Um, and it's heartbreaking to see. So I might start a little organization or something 
to really bring this to light a little bit because it's just they're just first of all their 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 space has been encroached upon that's why they're already in the road and looking yes, for food yes. because of us to begin with um so like i guess what i'm getting at and you're getting is that there's always something we can do that's bigger than us and we can always help yes. something that's bigger so it's my i'm just a little piece you're a little piece but if you have a lot of little pieces now you make a difference that's right and the puzzle fits it's a symbiotic relationship and we all need each other and yes, the fighting that we get is just it blows me away that we are so childish in our ways and our actions at times. And you're pointing these things out through your podcast, your books, your blog. Uh, the other blog post that touched me was the gotcha got or gotta, gotta, gotta. It's not a plate anymore. It's more like a platter or a table. And we still <laughs> pile more and more on yeah this is clever and yeah it's so true and relevant in our world yeah talk to us about that scenario well if i recall it correctly i mean the gotta 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 is that we're just plugged in and we're plugged into this sort of man-made structure of oh my god i gotta do this over here and 15 things over here and there's uh social media and there is no space, there's no time. And, and the old line is, oh, my plate is full. Well, I, I said to someone like, well, it's really a platter at this point. They just keep piling more crap on. And then it's going to be yeah. a table because there's no, and there becomes less and less space for you. Because it's all these things now, these external things that we attribute to, we have to do X to be Y. Uh, and the truth is the opposite of that. The the more you stop doing the gotta, 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 the more you can actually fulfill your life on your life's journey and purpose uh, in a simpler manner. Uh, but the gotta, gotta, gotta is just that stressed out, working too hard, got your head in in, in the game, and, and but nothing else. You're the, the worker ant with, with the head. Um, when it's really like, we're so much broader, deeper, and more sophisticated than that. Um, so I always quote this line because it, it, it's so poignant. And I'm a big fan of the progressive rock band Jethro Tull. So there's a song called Skating Away on the Thin Ice of a New Day. And one of the opening lines is, I was born to humanity and sold to society. And we never think, oh, there really is a difference here. Humanity and society are not the same things. Society was born out of humanity. And now our creations are entrapping us. And this is something I think through COVID and with the economy right now, I think people are starting to step back a little bit and realize, hey, was all this buying crap and consumerism and you know, giving up all my time, was that making my life better? And I think people are realizing also with the destruction and damaging of the earth, eh, this is really not going in the way that we thought it was going to be going. Yeah, I like that. You know, COVID, even though it wreaked havoc with a lot of people, it brought a lot of awareness. And and the big thing that I, I really 
think about a lot now is, you know, people really had to spend a lot of time with themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and doing that is really needed in the world. We have to know ourselves. If we can't live with ourselves, how can we live with anybody else? Well, I think so many of us are disconnected from themselves, and that's why they're just sort of heads in the world, um, not yeah. selves, not individuals, just sort of this programming of of engagement and stress and um, watching TV and playing video games. And all that. Like, well, how are you moving yourself forward if essentially you're just hiding from whatever is going on within you, fear and pain and, and vulnerability, whatever it might be? Um but no, I think you're absolutely right. People started stepping back. They had more time to um, to introspect. But, you know, also fascinating on a, on a global scale, because so many things shut down, planes and shipping and trains and all these things, like all these animals started migrating back into the Venice canals and animals were seen for the first time in 100 years in all these places. And that was just from a couple months of pausing. Yeah, And so it, it shows you like there's a world underneath that's trying to live and we're suffocating and we're suffocating it and we're suffocating ourselves. That's right. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I live in Klamath County, Oregon, not far from Crater Lake National Park. Nice. And I'm on this big migration path. And for a long time, I didn't see the influx of the migration. And this year, we saw species coming through that we've never seen before. Yeah. And I, I, I'm really wondering now that you bring that to my attention, how much of that effect from COVID actually did allow, because less traffic, less cars on the road, less roadkill. Uh, very interesting concept. I'm glad you brought that up. It gives thought to a needed process yeah. that needs changed. Yeah. And also I've noticed that through like the I-5 corridor and some of these major corridors, they're putting these overpass areas that allow the animals to migrate through yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it might not be a big thing but it is a minute success that is allowing yeah. that uh going across the road without the action of being hit by a car yeah and i've seen a lot of those and i've seen some videos of those um wilderness corridors or whatever you, you call them and it's fascinating. You'll see cougars and bears and raccoons yes. and everything else walking across deer. Uh, for instance, something I, I wish I had where I live. So I live in New York, uh, about two hours north of the city. And um, was driving back up I-87 the other day. And I saw this black furry thing on the side of the road uh, on the interstate. It was a bear that had been hit. And it was like oh, my wow. heart sank. I'm used to seeing deer and squirrels and that's sad in itself. But you see this more rare, precious, I mean, they're all precious, but 
it just uh, it was heartbreaking. See, it's just us. Yeah, we're distracted and or something runs in front of us. And we don't have time to stop. We're creating all of this, the, the, the choking off of life. The reason like, you know, I mean, all these canals and waterways, it's like if you just take the stop the pollution for a few weeks, it'll clean itself. It'll start the ecosystem will start cleaning itself. But we don't. We just keep choking yeah. and choking and choking um and really don't take responsibility for well dying off what can you do yeah that's right you know we tend to augment ourselves with technologies that are destructive in many means and with that technology advancement we've really started going way faster than we were ever meant to go yeah you know and we don't take the time to just enjoy what's in front of us i think it's so important that we slow down and just catch up you know yeah. catch up to what's already a, has occurred you've yeah. missed so much already so that that hurry high speed life i i just don't like it at all and that's why we moved out here to nowhere yeah and we kind of try to stay here as much as possible <laughs> uh tell us about some of the, your books because you've got i i know six do you have more than six books man i have so many that are like halfway down or done or three quarters done and it's like um <laughs> you know it's a long game that that's for sure um yeah i mean i have a few stories um I have so many stories to tell and, and, you know, it's hard transferring essentially from this energetic plane, if you will, or thought plane or sacred plane into the physical, because the physical is where the work is. Right. And uh, it's easy to say, well, I have a story. It's like, well, great. Put it to paper. How many people have said, oh, you should write my story. It's like, I don't want to write your story. You write your story. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, again, it's usually about, uh, family dynamics or, or healing some past wound redemption um uh, to me i mean everything that drives me really is about the evolution of the individual and therefore the evolution of humanity um because that's really what we're here to do is move forward is grow um so you know, I had an, an early book called The Reluctant Human, which came out, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago or something. Um, and that was one more of like anger and purging demons and um, that duality of he's filled with regrets because he knows he should be living a better life. Um, it was sort of my Charles Bukowski-esque, uh, you know, uh, writing style, but um you know, I have another book called Max Johnny, which is about a big shot writer who kind of loses his way. Uh, and he's got a deep, dark, dark secret as to why. And he, you know, some 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 turn of events of meeting some people um, that he's able to sort of free himself and free the writing because he hadn't written in a few years because of this dark secret. Um, so, you know, again, it's a, it's about these interpersonal um, stories, Americana quite often. Um, one, one thing, you know, 
so if people sign up for my website or, or sign up for my blogs, they get a free story called Barbecue Dinner, which is about, and it's very poignant now, about a gentleman who's running a business and the business is failing. Um, and he's afraid to, to tell his wife. He keeps putting on these airs that his business is doing so well. Um, he's a stepfather, so he doesn't want to fail the children and the kids. Um, and it's a way of, he feels very isolated in it. Uh, and eventually it comes out that this is what's happening. And she knows all along that his business is struggling, but she was waiting for him sort of to, to share it. But again, it's a, it's re redemption, family dynamics, love. Uh, and also, you know, ownership of where you're struggling. Because if, if you don't take ownership, it will eat you alive and usually will devour any relationships you're trying to have because you, it's the undertow pulling you under. That's powerful right there. So let's talk about inspiration. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you obviously are a very inspirational individual. Who inspired you? To write or, or just in general, who who is your inspirational individuals through life that really kept you going through some of the hardest times? Well, some of the hardest times knocked me to my knees. That, that is for sure. Um, and wasn't on one occasion. Uh, I mean, usually friends. Um, sister had been good my wife is is a remarkably strong woman and and really in, inspirational to me um some of the people i i've read um you know some of the zen books i've studied you know when you get away from all the crap and you just get back to that simple like oh i can breathe again you know you go into nature you can breathe again no requirements like i said um but always people who are who are one step ahead of me, you know, like the Tony Robbinses of the world. And um, people go, oh, yeah, there is a way you can live powerfully. And often our negatives and our self-image issues and whatever we're struggling with say, oh, no, you got to be this guy. You got to be mediocre. You got to live small. And it's a dangerous place because that part of you still wants to live big. So it's this conflict and it's like, well, which side do you want to win? Do you want the crappy side that in five years you're still going to be in the same place with the same complaints? Or do you want to say, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable here, put myself out with the best self that I can and keep following that thread or that strand because there's someone special and everyone has something special that they want to share, that they need to share, that calls to them. So. That's really what it is. It's that sort of, to not to get esoteric or weird, but it's that higher self that's always saying, hey, man, you can do better. Here's the, here's the guidance. Here's the GPS on keep listening, keep believing. You know, and that, I think, is something we all have. We often shut it out. And there was a period I'd shut it out when I was lost uh, 15, 20 years ago. And because, well, where is it? You know, again, we're we're, busy, we're caught up on the busyness and the stress and the pay and the bills. But there's still that voice saying, hey, hey, Ed, you're a great guy. You can do this. Keep trying. Keep believing. And it is a battle. 
sometimes between our ego, the mind that basically doesn't care if you grow or not, because it just wants to keep you where you are, or those places in you that try to keep you safe, even though it's counterproductive because it's not keeping you safe, it's keeping you in pain. And that place that's like off on that hillside, they're like, hey, that's really beautiful over there. I really want to get there. And so there are times, like I said, I've shut that off and said, no, it's crap. It's a lie. But then it always comes back around and it's like, oh, yeah, that's my best self. So that is really more than anything what keeps me alive and, and moving forward. Yeah, well, we we really have to keep our minds in check and being inspired. I like that you're inspired by that close knitness and that achieve mentality. It, it really is. You have to really look inside for self help or any personal development going on. Yeah. And it, it's really needed in our world today because we're kind of narcissistic and yes. we we have this mentality that we're owed. We're really not owed anything. No. And no. if we want something, you do have to create it. So this is where creatives come in. Yeah, and I mean, you're hitting such an important point is just because this has been the design of our society or whatever you want to call it, culture for 100 years, 150 years, you know, uh, post-industrial revolution type of thing, more and more honed, more and more, you know, acute, uh, micromanaged, more and more. But just because that's the design of it had, it has been this doesn't mean it needs to continue being that because I think we're all learning yeah, this old way isn't working. Right. We all need more support. We all need more love. We all need more community, um, again, to help with the beach and those kind of things, because we all, all are in this together. Even though there's so much divisiveness politically, et cetera, ultimately, everybody still wants, for the most part, the same things, fairness, justice, Clean water. I mean, you're an idiot if you don't want clean water, right? Clean right. air. Um, all these simple things that we really overlook that we do share. And, you know, why is everyone so angry? Because they feel like there's some injustice done to them. Yeah. Right. That's where anger comes from is you were not acknowledged, you were not loved, you know, uh, someone did you wrong. And so it's easy to, again, look externally and say, oh, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Well, it's often you got to look at yourself or, or wherever you came from. Because, you know, does anyone really want to see someone violated or harmed? Generally speaking, not. And if you do, that means you have some real damage to yourself that you need to work on. That's I always right. look at it like it's a community. Let's say we were a tribal, uh, a tribe of some sort. Well, tribes work in coherence, in congruence with each other, right? Um, and again, it's for the bigger group. But that's the thing with our, our society. It's often about that individual, which is great. We all want to be strong individuals. But the, the dark side of that is you're very alone. You're isolated. You look at social media. You feel powerless. You look at the world or the, the, the garbage on the ocean. Well, I didn't put that there. I'm not helping. 
right? That's just feeding, as they say, which wolf are you going to feed? Well, that's the wrong wolf to be feeding. That's right. That's right. And when we wake up to that, that's when life gets better. And there's, there is a point where that shift is occurring. Uh, I really think we're close to that. Uh, I, I, I hope. <laughs> so yeah. uh, do you have a call to action for our listeners today, Douglas? Yeah, I mean, I would love for, for people, of course, to buy all of my books, Ed. No, I'm kidding. I mean, of course, that'd be nice. But um, no, if people want to learn more about me, you can find me at douglasrobbinsauthor.com uh, with two Bs. And Douglas, like I said, if you sign up for, for my little um, email, which you get the, the podcast and you get, you know, book updates, you do get that free story barbecue dinner. Um, or if people just want to email me any question, they can certainly uh, find me there as well. So. So the best way to get a hold of you is through the website. Website or or, the, or they can find me on Facebook at Douglas Robbins Author. Um, again, you can find my uh, my podcast, uh, Den of Discussion. Uh, I think it's on PodPage is the host. Um, but uh, yeah, a few ways to find me. Good enough. I, I really like what you're doing, Douglas. It's got meaning to it, direction to it. And it brings hope to a lot of people that need it. Thank you for being part of the Dead America podcast today. Well, maybe the next series will be called Live America. Renewed America. Actually, uh, we are working on some spinoff series. Just we're small and we're growing. Yeah. Keep going. Can I keep you for another minute? Sure. So, you know, something that I, I've often thought about is, is America. And, but more on like, well, what is the, the real meaning of America? And I think America, to many people, is the best symbolizing. It doesn't always execute, but symbolizing the best of what we can be. And I don't mean that in a nationalistic manner. I mean, right, the idea right. of America is the, the best ideals and so actually um gonna come out with a website soon called american ideals because i think that's really what what drives everyone is that again it's that better self it's that better version the better community the better not comparing it to another nation but the better than we are so you say dead america is the title well there are parts of it that probably should die but yes. <laughs> the good stuff, the good stuff, and we need to stop letting corporations dictate all of our laws. That's right. Because right there, you have a problem. You're allowing business to control everything, and only some things um, should really be relating to business, such as our pollution issue and islands of plastic in the ocean. We need to do something about. You know, That's this right. the ocean provides fish and everything else under the sun. And we're killing it. Well, we're also killing ourselves then because, you know, global warming or whatever else is going on, dying off of fish. So it's this cyclical thing. But it all starts from these policies that are not about moving the world forward. And I think that's what you and I are trying to do and others trying to move the world forward. But if you have policies that suffocate the world, very hard to move forward. That's that's very true. You know, the concept behind Dead America is there's a lot of people feeling like we're lost. Yeah, there's no hope. 
and were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Well, this this dead America actually grabs them and says, yeah, I want to know what that means. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean that we are in a hurt, but like you said, our principles and our values, we are that beacon of hope in the world. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have these hard discussions, meaningful yeah. discussions, we're going to lose that beacon and we're already tarnished enough and it's up to our generation the here and the now to ensure that beacon of hope goes forward for generations to come there is and, and you know it's sickening to me that on both sides of this government that we are here in america we have individuals that are destructing us from the inside. And sure. that's what our forefathers have warned us about. I, I, I use, well, I still have free circle freedoms, but I, I really am incorporating it now into the dead America theme. So we, we have been talking about that a lot. We, we really need, to stand up, speak out, and get bold without hate and violence. You know, right. there's no need for that. We what yeah. we need is logical, factual, and you know, science isn't always right, but the the scientific model that is what we should really look at to go yeah. forward with because it guideline. requires. Yes, it requires some sort of measurement and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're really uh, on a mission here. We, yeah. And I, I don't care how long it takes. I, I've got until I die. So that, that's yeah, what I mean, we're about. That sounds beautiful, man. So I think we're, we're very similar in that way. And, you know, again, it'd be nice if, if you saw more critical thinking in the world, but people just see whatever yes. crazy ass <laughs> story narrative yes. and they just react and go kaboom uh and yeah. people say you know there have been studies that people can't even tell the difference between fake news real news whatever it is because it's presented in the same fashion um and i would say to anybody who's just so consumed with these things like again pull your head out of it pull your being out of it start just looking at it from afar a little bit you know th- this whole thing uh, not to go on but like with Paul Pelosi, who who got attacked, and and there's so many already crazy stories about it. Yes, and it's like, look, there was what comes down to it is it was an old man got attacked. That's you know how I see it. Obviously, yeah. it was a political thing, but um, it's just like I don't care which side someone's on. Come at it with with integrity. Come at it with empathy. You know, like he's whether you're Democrat or Republican, Paul Pelosi is not your enemy. All of a sudden, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so he got hit with a hammer. He got hit with a freaking no. hammer, right? Yeah. I, I can tell you that hurts. <laughs> so right, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, we yeah. live in crazy time, and I, I really think that this uh, mindset shift is occurring, and yeah. podcasting is helping this because it it really forces people to listen. Mm-hmm. Now, the video portion 
a lot of people, you know, they tend to get distracted when we have visual distraction in front of us, mm. our listening capability diminishes. So mm. I, I really like just the audio podcast yeah. and people listen. Right. And it's intent. You know, yes. people are intending to listen. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to get change. Yeah. Well, I know as my friend, it starts on the ground, not at the top, and it starts with you and I. That's right. That's right. Grassrooted up and grow something that means something. It matters. Yeah, yeah I agree. Douglas, I, I, I really like what you're doing, and I appreciate your time. And if I can help you in any way, reach out. I'm always willing to help a podcaster. It's It's a good way to push change absolutely if i could help it as well please let me know but you know it's been such a pleasure being on the show and i love podcasting because we're speaking to people we would never speak to we're getting a word That's out right. that we wouldn't have be able to otherwise and um you know i feel like you're kind of a brother of mine i just met you an hour ago so that's right that's what we're pushing for welcome to the family thank you my friend Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.